this is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today is episode seven. Let me just apologize for my voice. I'm a bit croaky today. I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, I feel like I've been apologizing a couple of times for being under the weather on this podcast, but um, clearly I use my voice too much. Anyway, I've been keeping a log of the lessons that I've been learning on my journey through full-time writing. Uh, I have been well, I intend to do three months, six months, nine months, and then a year, and then I will post every year thereafter. So a few more this year than in later years. Anyway, I've just posted up slightly late, uh, but the lessons that I've learned from being employed, not employed, by not being employed for six months. I actually freaked out last night because I have a countdown app and it, understandably, counts down to all big events. And I had one counting down to leaving my job. Um, But the cool thing about this app is that after you reach the big day, it then continues counting, but counting up. So how long has it been since? Well, I opened it and realized that I'd left my job 212 days ago. And I had a bit of a shut the fuck up moment because how the hell has it been 212 days? That felt shocking. When you say six months, it doesn't seem like a very long time. But uh, when you then say 212 days, I was a bit like, whoa, um, how have I not died or been made homeless or, you know, poor yet? Um, But yeah, fuck you, corporate world, never going back. I will put the link to the lessons that I have learnt in the show notes. Next up, I have been a very long time fan of YouTube sensation Jenna Moresi. She is absolutely hilarious and she has a potty mouth that's even worse than mine. And she also happens to be one of the nicest authors I think I've ever met. So I was absolutely delighted when uh, she asked me to be on her YouTube channel talking all about how to go full-time as a writer. If you would like to listen to that um, podcast, no, if you would like to watch that YouTube show, I will post the links in the notes. Okay, on to Nano. As I record this, it is the 29th of November. It, it, just one day left of Nano. So tell me, listeners, how did you do? Send me a tweet or drop into my Facebook or, I don't know, email me, whatever you want. So you can email on rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod. Let me know how you did. I'd love to know if you won, if you perhaps hit your goal, even if it wasn't 50,000. Yeah, let me know. I hit, I didn't win, but I didn't really intend to win. I knew I, I knew it was unlikely I would hit 50k. We have a number of family birthdays and events in um, November, so it was <clears throat> highly unlikely that I would win. However, I got 30,000 words of the first draft of The Anatomy of Prose. I was pretty fucking happy with that. Um, I am not the world's fastest writer, and I've had a very slow writing year. What with the transition, moving house... And all of that stuff, you know, whole load of mental um, block, (laughs) doubt, 
that bastard. Um, so yeah, I was thrilled that I got 30,000 words. And I intend to continue with the anatomy of prose draft and hope to have it completed or at least the, yeah, no, actually, fuck it. I hope to have the whole thing completed and edited by the end of the year. And if I can do that, then I'm going to do a cover reveal uh, before Christmas because I do have the cover and I really want to show it to you. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's going to be released in the new year, but never say never because, you know, this is me and I do like to rebel. So I'm just going to say I'm working towards getting it finished real soon. Moving on. Listener Rebel of the Week this week is David Tapara. David says, It's funny what one recollects from one's childhood. For example, my parents told me that I couldn't eat peanut butter out of the jar. In fact, this was something I was told on multiple occasions. So one very uneventful afternoon, I grabbed the peanut butter and a very large spoon. I found the best place to hide, which was under the kitchen table, and so proceeded to eat from the jar. In that instant, I discovered two things. One, that you can eat peanut butter from the jar, and two, that my parents were very wrong. Even worse, they'd lied to me. Now, the punishment in the 70s can be a tad excessive, so I'll spare the details and parents lie. To this day, I evil smile at every peanut butter jar I walk past in the supermarket and don't evil smile with people around. They tend to judge. Thank you very much, David. I love that story. Rebel, rebel, rebels, re what am I trying to say? Rebellion can come in all kinds of forms from, you know, big shoving the birdie up at your boss to little uh, thefts of, you know, chocolate spread from a jar or peanut butter. I love it. Now, the only thing I will say is that um, I'm not sure if you guys want me to continue with these listener rebels. I'm almost at the end of the initial tranche of rebel stories that I received, and I haven't received any more. So um, I guess if I don't get any more, then I will probably close this segment of the show. Um, so yeah, if you if you would like this segment to continue, let me know. Or if you would like to be a listener rebel, then email me your rebel story at um, rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod. Two new patrons this month. Welcome to Kelly and Ariane. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world to me and it also ensures that this podcast lives. So thank you very much. Um, I've just posted November's exclusive post, uh, which is all about perfectionism and its destructive nature and what you can do about it. This post was so hard to write. I, I, I couldn't really write a post about perfectionism and not tell you about my personal experiences. So I do kind of bare my soul a bit in this post and tell you a whole bunch of things I didn't mean to tell you. And um, there's also some funny, there's a funny photo as well to go along with it. So if you would like to get access to that as well as the backlog of all of the posts and early access to all of the Rebel Author podcast episodes, you can by uh, visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black and that is Sasha with a C and not an S. Okay one more announcement before we start the show. I wanted to let you know that as part of her launch my guest today Katie Forrest will be running a live Q&A in my Facebook group 
all about time management. And that is going to be on the 11th of December, 2019 at 1 p.m. So if you would like to join, I will leave a link in the show notes or you can visit, uh, you can type in 13 Steps to Evil in Facebook and you should find it in the groups. Okay, on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today I am with Katie Forrest. Katie is an indie author, time management geek and director of a boutique law firm and mum to a daughter with complex additional needs. She loves reading, listening to the rain, me too, and is quite obsessed with cacti. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So first of all, just tell me about the cacti. (laughs) (laughs) So... Okay, here's the thing. I loved cacti before everybody else in the world did. So I'm quite annoyed that cacti is really cool now and everybody what... pretends they're a cacti fanboy. That's I am what the they all say. Right? I'm um, I went to Arizona years ago and the holiday was really special to me and I just fell in love with cacti, came home, got a tattoo. Um that yeah, is dedication. With as many cacti as, as I can. I only wear socks with cacti on, for example. So, yeah, totally off. How many are there in your house? Uh, across real and, uh, you know, fake cacti. How many are there? Could you even count? Oh, probably hundreds. Like, my bed sheets have got cacti on. Just, yeah, my cups have everything. Yeah, totally obsessed. And do you know, like, random facts about them as well? Or, like... No, I know nothing. All right. <laughs> just look pretty yeah okay (laughs) there are like some seriously bizarre looking cacti though there are some really cool ones uh okay random tangent aside we are here to talk about time management and you are a self-professed time management geek and you are also writing a book about time management so tell me tell me about your writing tell me about your journey tell me how you got to where you are sure okay so I'm one of those typical people, always wanted to be a writer. Um, As a kid, I was up in my bedroom writing, um, not going outside playing. Um, (laughs) So always been a complete geek. And then life got busy. And so I didn't write for years and years and years. And then at the end of 2017, I realized this is crazy. I have got to just make the commitment because my life is never going to calm down. Mm. So I need to just make it a priority. And so I made that decision end of 2017, published... 11 books in 2018 um and just kind of short books little little books um. yeah still it was 11 I'm, I'm i'm trying to pick myself up off of the floor anybody that can can publish at that rate i just i bow at your feet i feel so unbelievably slow in comparison but i just yeah tell me all the secrets <laughs> I, I, yeah there's, there's lots of hacks and things um i i am a quick writer that's that is just a strength I've got. Um, I'm not saying any of the words are any good, but. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and you're writing a time management book. How did, how did that happen? Um, Lots of people were asking how I was managing to write and publish fairly quickly um, while working a full-time job and raising my daughter. So I kind of, just started to think there is an interest out there and I've always been obsessed with time management so if you look at my bookshelves they are just full of time management books but I don't necessarily think those ideas are meant for creatives Mm. very often it's kind of management speak so I wanted to do something with creatives in mind. Mm, That's so 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 tell me then what does good time management look like? Okay um so to me 
there are three components really. Um, so living a life that's in line with your areas of focus. Um, I don't say priorities because priority is singular. That's a mistake that we make quite often. We can only have one priority, but we can have several areas of focus and time management will let you live a life that is actually in alignment with those. That, that, um, let's just let's just stop <laughs> hang on one second because my brain is exploding already uh wow that's a new way of thinking about it um yeah wow my i i just need a minute because <laughs> my head is erupting um i've never nobody has ever said that to me and nobody has ever talked about focus or priority in that way I think that is fascinating so is that is that the crux of your of of kind of the shape of your book because because I yeah I mean we are told to prioritize always constantly prioritize 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 um but 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 I mean I just yeah no sorry carry on I'm just waffling because I might I'm having a, like a, an epiphany right now live on this podcast <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you so much <laughs> um, yeah the priority thing is big for me um we we just can't have so many we just can't have 10 priorities how on earth do you then decide what to do with everything as a priority um so i prefer to look at it as areas of focus so um, how many are we allowed how many areas of focus mm, mm, as many mm. as you want um things are going to get more complicated the more you've got but very often for people areas of focus would be your writing career your day job if you've got one your family life your self-care and probably some kind of community involvement maybe religious activity or something i think they tend to be the core groups mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. that people have but yeah you can have as many as as many as you want I feel like you've just given me permission to do all of the things. <laughs> um, sorry, yes, do carry on. Sorry, I know I interrupted, but it was it was no, worth it. No, it's fine. I was I was saying that time management has got three kind of core elements for me. The second is clarity around what to do and why you're doing it, um, and the third is boundaries boundaries in place for yourself and for other people. Okay, and so I think the second one is probably self-explanatory in terms of having clarity on your goals. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so you've got 24 hours in a day. How can you attempt to manage them if you don't know what you're trying to achieve with them? Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about boundaries because, you know, that's, I'm raising all my eyebrows because I feel like I'm about to get scolded for my behaviour now. <laughs> um, so boundaries, I think there's two senses to boundaries, boundaries that you have for yourself and boundaries that you have towards other people. So a boundary for yourself, um, very often it's something like Facebook. Um, do you have boundaries in place in terms of how much you're accessing social media, how much you're allowing yourself to do that? Um, and maybe that's not your particular distraction thing. Maybe that's just mine. Um, <laughs> but, but you will probably have your own, whatever it might be. Um, so have you set up some boundaries around that? Um, and then boundaries around other people is how often are you, are you allowing yourself to be interrupted? Are you letting people take up your days to run them around and take their calls and do things that they wouldn't expect you to do if you were working in a typical job? They wouldn't call you out for half a day to counsel them or run them around or just go for coffee. Um, so have you made those boundaries clear in terms of this is my work time and sometimes I'm going to need to say no to you? So... 
I nodded along to everything you just said because I am terrible for this. I, and you are right. I think there's something really key that you said there. I allow myself to be interrupted. Um, how do I stop that? How does anybody stop that? Because obviously we have, um, and I and, and and I don't know if this is because I'm a mother or, or it, perhaps it, it's augmented because I'm a mother, but I have guilt if I don't respond or if I don't pick up the, the phone or if I put my phone on do not disturb or if I, you know, I don't help or I don't go and look at the new car that somebody wants to buy or whatever. Um, I feel bad and it's distracting. It, it It invades my brain. So how do we stop allowing ourselves to be interrupted? Sure. So um, I'm sure that this does affect both genders. Um, yeah. But there is research to show that this is particularly something that females feel quite keenly. Oh. Uh, we, we are nurturers and we want to put everybody's needs before ours. So there, there definitely is truth in what you're saying in your experience. Um, that isn't to say that men don't feel the same pull as well. I'm sure they do. Um, honestly, in the situation that you're describing where people are presumably on your side and want you to achieve and want to help you I think sometimes it's about a really candid conversation with them saying these blocks of time need to be work focused please don't invite me somewhere please don't call me because I will feel as though I've got to answer your call Mm. I'll want to go out with you so ask for their support Um, that assumes that they are supportive influences in your life Um, if they're not if they're people who are trying to take more of your time than they really deserve or are entitled to then it's going to be a little bit more hardball Um, and I'm a huge fan of Oprah saying that no is a complete sentence I probably (laughs) quote that every day to somebody very often myself Um, so just saying no is absolutely fine I've never heard that before. No is a complete sentence. I love that. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I think that's really interesting. And one of the things that really hit home with what you said there was saying, please don't call me because I will feel like I have to pick up. And that is so true. That, that really is the crux of it. And actually just communicating that and and explaining that when you text me or when you call me, even if I have, you know, the do not disturb on or whatever, if you have, if you have Macs and iPhones, everything's connected, it all populates across your computer. It's true. I do feel like that. And actually just having that, being truthful and saying, I, you know, I feel like I have to pick up an answer that places the onus of the problem on yourself and not to the other person. And I think that's probably quite key in not letting your family feel like they are the problem, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Um, I think for most of us, writing is taking time away from our loved ones. Yeah. So we always need to be respectful of that and make sure we're balancing giving them the time that they need. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so tell tell uh, tell me about the phrase busy work because I've heard you say this. I I say this all the time. I am busy. I'm really busy. I'm too busy. I can't, you know, blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> and I think that we all fall prey to this. So can you can you explain what busy work is? What what busy work is in in air quotes um versus what productive work is yeah sure the challenge here is that busy work is genuine work 
So busy work is something that needs to get done. So if you need to unload the dishwasher, of course, that's, yeah, you've got to do it. You can't Nobody needs to do that, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but these are all, they're not imaginary jobs. And that's what is so difficult about them. Ultimately, busy work is not your priority work. It's not work that is directly going to move you forward. And when you're looking at what you're doing and whether it is productive work or busy work, one of the questions I ask myself is, is this something that only I can do? And if the answer is no, it's probably closer to being busy work. And that isn't to suggest that you need to be outsourcing everything apart from your core areas of focus, which for a writer are probably going to be the writing and not much else. Um, pretty much everything else could be outsourced. I'm not saying go out and do that, but that question will help you stay on track in terms of is this productive or busy work? Yeah, and I think it also helps you to understand what is urgent because I think there is a... Well, I know I I really struggle with my inbox. My inbox is the bane of all of my problems because I I use it a bit like a to-do list. So if that if that you have that horrible red notification that's like danger, look at all your to-do list. Um and uh so I it, because and and obviously it's psychological. That's why Facebook use it as a red notification because it's you know alert. You must go and do it, and it's it's color psychology, I suppose. But nine times out of ten, the things in there are not urgent, but they feel urgent. So I definitely think there is yeah truth in 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 and logic, and I have to cling to what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Um, if someone wants to evaluate and change how they're using their time with a view to being more productive, what, what, where the hell do they start? Sure. So I think it comes down to being totally honest with yourself about how you're currently spending time. Um, so you can look back over your last week or your last few weeks and you can ask yourself questions of how productive have I been? How much progress have I made? The difficulty with that is that relies on your memory. And all of us are working with memories that aren't perfect. Some of them <laughs> more flawed than others. Mine is pretty rubbish. Um, <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> so the way that I suggest is to keep a time log for a period of seven days and actually record your time as you're spending it. And then at the end of those seven days, look back and have a much more accurate log of wow, I spent three hours that day on Instagram and that's not an area of my focus right now. Um, so I would suggest diving in with a time log. Um, some people will have a real kind of, I don't want to do that, that sounds really hard, that sounds really boring or whatever. Um, so the questions are certainly a start, questioning how well you have spent your time, but you will get more of an accurate answer if you're prepared to keep a time log for a few days mm. and so what do what should they look for in that what should, what patterns should they try and spot or you know in order to be able to then think about how to do things differently so for the person who has kept a time log and yeah. then is going to analyze it they need to know what their goals are so i ask people what is your milestone milestone goal um <laughs> and very often that is I want to become a full-time writer and in order to do that I think I need to release three books in the next year or whatever it might be and once they've got those goals set out they can look back at the time log and see 
did my activity actually represent what my goals are? Did it move me closer to them? Um, and, and just being brutally honest with that. Um, and I think a lot of us know if we look at a time log and it's there in black and white, a lot of us can see I spent too much time on social media. I spent too much time doing errands that I didn't need to do um, and whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. So I will confess to having done this prior to the podcast uh, because I'm nothing if not an experimenter. Um, And uh, Katie was brutally honest with me. (laughs) Um, But I (laughs) am... No, it's fine. I needed it. I needed the um, slap bum. No. Um, So what what did it show okay so so the the time log that i used had 15 minute slots which does sound scary but actually um it it ended up being quite easy and i didn't have to fill it in every 15 minutes if for example i was doing deep work and i worked for two hours editing then at the end of those two hours i just filled in editing now the interesting thing for me that i also so the interest the thing i also found interesting was that i put in what i achieved so i would write down how many words i'd got done in that section or whatever and that has also helped me to understand how long tasks will take um but little things like my mornings were always ruined by my inbox. There's a theme here, guys. Uh, so I've done something small, as small as taking my mail app off of my home screen and putting it onto a different home screen. Um, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny tip, but it has made the world a difference because I no longer see it when I pick up my phone in the morning to check how late I'm going to be for school run. <laughs> um, and my, I don't check it now until I come back and I can choose to do it. So it's it's little things like that. You can see patterns in your behavior. Oh, every morning, the first thing I do is check my phone. Every morning, the first thing I do is look at Facebook or, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think this is an amazing task uh, for everybody to do. So let's let's talk about mindset okay. and productivity. Do you think that there's a shift a person needs to make in order to be genuinely more productive? Yes, definitely. Um, this might be quite controversial, um, but I... We like controversial here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the idea of us as... as tortured artists who need to drink whiskey and smoke cigars and wait for the muse to turn up I think that is one of the biggest disservice that we have kind of done to ourselves as creatives um so the mindset shift really is realizing that this is a business and whatever your day job is or used to be you probably didn't get the option of saying I really don't feel like writing these reports today I really don't feel like driving this truck today whatever you had to go and you had to turn up. And I think the mindset shift is realizing you have to do the same for your writing Mm. if it's a business to you, not just a hobby. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a a, a reoccurring theme on this podcast where I tend to say suck it up, princess. But it's kind of true because that was one of the shocking revelations. Uh, I now work right full time. Well, I say right. I work for myself full time. And one of the things 
uh, the, the shocking realizations is that when you are employed by the man, you if you have an off day, you are still going to get paid the same amount of money at the end of the day. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, and so there is an element of suck it up, baby. You know, I, I don't feel well today. I've turned up. I've still done editing. I'm still doing a podcast because if I don't, you know, we, we don't earn. Um, I think the other thing that you've you, you've mentioned is honesty with yourself yes because and I think that's a real mindset shift because if you really want to change your habits and be more productive the only way you can do that is by being brutally honest with yourself and I think that is a huge huge shift in in somebody's um mindset um hit me with some easy wins for somebody who wants to be more productive what can they do Okay, um, so the most common piece of advice I would give to a writer is get your words done first. Um, This is going to be life-changing for the majority of people listening, um, if they will just give it a try. Um, Get up and get your writing done first. I am not saying sleep less. People hear that and they imagine that they've got to get up at three o'clock in the morning and they're going to be exhausted. I'm not suggesting that. But if you could maybe get up half an hour earlier and go to bed half an hour earlier, so you're losing no sleep, but you've got 30 minutes quiet time to get those words done, that's an incredible feeling to take through the rest of the day. Um, Other easy tips. Um, People focus quite often on technology and smartphones and, oh my goodness, we're so distracted because of all of this stuff. Actually, I think they're some of the easiest things to tackle. Um, So as you have said, move your distracting apps away from your home screen or uninstall them from your phone. Um, Two thirds of people have never changed the notification settings on their smartphone. No way. Seriously. So if you're one of those two thirds of people, that would be a great first step. Go in there. And if you're getting notifications for Etsy and eBay and Amazon and a gazillion other apps, you probably don't need all of them ping, ping, pinging you all day long. So that would be a really great first actionable tip. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I I can't believe that. I turned mine off oh, probably two years ago and it does make a radical difference. Although you do still have to be conscious of your app usage because you can very easily revert back to, well, I'll just have a quick look. And then an hour's gone by in a black yeah. hole of Instagram stories. Um Absolutely. And the other thing you can do if that becomes a problem is you can set up limits. Um, I'm an iPhone user, so I don't know about other phones, but I would imagine all smartphones have similar functions. You can limit particular apps or categories of apps. So I have a 45 minute a day limit on my social media apps. And that's enough time. Like if I'm on there longer than 45 minutes. I know I'm wasting time. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah, but that, but there you go, though. Being honest, because I'm like, no, 45 minutes is nothing, um, and I'm like freaking out. But I'm like, no, come on, come on, Sasha, because let's be realistic. 45 minutes is nearly an hour. What can you do in an hour? You know. But you, you're so right. But it, it is these embedded habits that we we need to break. Um, just on the just let's just explore the distraction thing a bit because there's there's kind of two things there are some apps that you can use i use one on my mac called self-control sort of a spade uh shape with a skull on it but there's also other software called freedom software i think um that you can use which basically puts a a time lock it stops you accessing social media sites or whatever sites you choose that are distracting um on your computers but let's you know 
distractions are are distractions so what about things like the free write? So for those that don't know about the free write, it's a very expensive piece of analog technology, essentially. Yeah. It's it's a a you can type, it's a type, it's a modern typewriter essentially, a modern keyboard with no internet more or less and then so you will have to complete distraction free writing but it's like $600 or something do you think that people should get another computer with no wi-fi or is it pointless I mean is it just a matter of training ourselves you know it's going to be different for each person um my personal opinion is if you are there's a level of distraction that we all kind of give into through the day. Um, but if you feel like distraction is a bigger issue for you than it might be for the average person, then I would ask you why. So what, what are you trying to avoid? So if you're getting distracted, you're trying to avoid some kind of pain or discomfort. Um, what is that? Um, and if there is a deeper route, I personally don't imagine that any particular device is going to solve that for you because maybe then you'll just start hoovering or something like <laughs> there's there's a million ways to be distracted I'm sure you'd find others yeah yeah and again it's about it's we're cycling back we are cycling back everybody <laughs> to the fact of being honest with yourself and saying honestly what is the priority content is king when you're a writer and if you are not producing words you ain't gonna be earning money at the end of the day um but actually that's quite an interesting point um about other problems and deeper issues are, are there any people who shouldn't focus on time management and 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 productivity uh, hacks yeah certainly um so people in what i call crisis mode um very often a person in crisis mode does start looking at time management because they feel as if their life is out of control um but it isn't the right time again just in my opinion i don't think it's the right time and i would define a crisis as being something that is short term and unexpected so the, the example I tend to use is having a baby. If you're pregnant and you know you're going to have a baby, having that newborn baby will be so life-changing, as we both know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it isn't a crisis. It was expected. You knew it was going to happen. If there are any complications with mum's health or baby's health, including things like postnatal depression, then absolutely that new baby becomes a crisis, period. Um, and when you're in a crisis mode, you need to just look after yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that is a really good point because we, well, I say we, I say we, you probably don't do this, but I constantly beat myself up for not achieving what I wanted to achieve or only doing 2,000 words instead of editing 3,000 words or, you know, and actually it's wildly unhelpful being unkind to yourself. Um, and I do the same, yeah. yeah. But it's a really hard habit to break, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so any tips for doing the opposite and embedding good habits? Sure. Um, so research suggests that it takes 21 days to build any habit. So repetition is the key here. Um, so decide what you're going to do and make it part of your daily routine. But any time that you can habit stack is going to be really, really helpful. So that is where you choose a new habit that you want to develop and you link it to something you're already doing. Um, so if you want to do daily gratitude, you could say, I'm going to do this after I brush my teeth. And then 
the brushing your teeth will trigger the new habit that you're trying to build. Oh, that's really interesting. I've not heard of that before. Um, oh, yeah, that's that that is fascinating. Um, I drink coffee every day, so I'm just thinking now of what I can do to uh, connect coffee, my life source, to uh, new habits. Um, let's let's talk about burnout because. Burnout is a real issue, I think, for a lot of creatives. And I think a bit like being in crisis and looking at time management when really actually we just need to rest. What good habits or time product, productive time habits can we embed that will prevent burnout, I suppose, or, or help us through it? I think really the key here is to decide on a pace that is realistic for you and maintainable um so if you know that you can write 2000 words a day don't put yourself into a situation where you're going to have to write 6000 every day that that is going to lead to burnout yeah yeah, yeah. recognize your limits and and try to avoid comparisonitis really oh, yes that little <laughs> that little bitch um <laughs> yeah i and and i suppose if you if you want to push yourself you could always add 10 percent to your goal to your daily goal yeah sure and and just it's just checking in with yourself does this feel good is this something that i can keep doing because we're all in this for the long game hopefully we're, we're not thinking i'm gonna do this one book and i'm gonna make my mega gazillions of pounds and, and retire so if you're in it for the long term you've got to be doing something you can get up and do day after day after day after day yeah um and so how far through your book are you because obviously you are going to um be publishing a book on time management i am yes um so i think i've got about twenty thousand words at the moment um and it just keeps getting longer so i'm not quite sure how long it's going to be there's there's so much stuff to put in it <laughs> do you have a target uh, a target month you'd like to release in november november okay so then for listeners i will make sure we release this podcast around that time so that everybody um can <laughs> if the book isn't out yeah <laughs> yes i mean <laughs> january no um yeah so do you have a title um i think it's just going to be time management for writers okay perfect so where can listeners find out more about you Sure. So they can go across to my website, which is katieforest.com. And that's K-T-K-A-T-I-E and Forest with two R's. And if they go to katieforest.com forward slash time log, then they can actually get the template time log that I suggest people fill in for a week. And I also have a Facebook group. It's Time Management for Writers by Katie Forest. And it's super small, but I post a little daily tip in there. Okay, perfect. So there is one last question, uh, which is a question we ask all um, of our guests of our look at me talking about myself as if I'm more than one person. Um, (laughs) um, This is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell me about a time that you unleashed your inner rebel. I really struggled with this question. Um, Everybody does, believe me. I get panicked emails, stricken authors. Oh my God, I'm not a rebel. I'm like, darling, you are, you are. So so the thing that kept coming to mind when I was thinking of how I could answer this is is just that my whole life has been a rebellion, really, which which sounds ridiculous. But I can't really think of any specifics. Um, But what I did do 
was I was brought up by a very working class family where I was pretty smart and I was told my options leaving school were to work in a factory or work in a shop because that was just the community that I was raised by. No criticism to them at all. Um, and I just kind of pissed all over that really and just <laughs> made it up as I went along every single day since. So I, I guess that's it. <laughs> you you are a true, true rebel. Your, your rebel is in your very soul. Um, I love it. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you to everybody listening and thank you very much to patrons. Uh, If you would like to support the show and get early access to all the episodes, you can uh, by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You were listening to Katie Forrest and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next time, I'll be talking to Brian Cohen all about how to master AMS ads. I'll also be chatting to him about his five-day Amazon challenge and what that entails. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review. (music) 